Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Greetings to all of my unlucky lounge rats throughout the multiverse. It's great to have you joining us here on another episode of Draft and Draft, a very special one where we are going to be drafting live with the boys at Let's Draft, the same guys who collaborated with me a few weeks ago on another one of our podcasts. My name is Corey. Join aside Borok. Borok, say hello to everybody. We'll get through all the housekeeping and upkeeping as we go on, but we are actually doing a draft live, giving us 20 seconds left to debate what we have in the pick here. There's a bunch of solid cards. Uh, we got Bashi's Acolyte, which is a card that I've really been high on. Sanctum of Calm Waters is a great one. Uh, you know what? Let's push the Sanctum. It's one of the best Sanctums that we could have, and I want to try and see if we can do some kind of blue control deck. Blue has been very strong uh, from my estimation. Uh, and as we are going into pack two, just a heads up, this podcast is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Check them out at Believe.com. Check out our social medias on Twitter, Draft and Draft Corey. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Corey Demon Enriquez. And of course, find us on Discord. Not Discord, but uh, on Patreon at Draft and Draft and the MTG Podcast. So, pick one, pack one. We went with Sanctum of Calm Waters. It's the blue shrine that costs four that allows you to draw a bunch of cards. Going into pick two, uh, the best uncommon staying on colors is Shipwreck Dowser, which is an insanely strong card. Uh, after that, uh, Chandra's Magmut. I've been really impressed by it. A bear for two that uh, does one damage to target player Planeswalker. Borak, I know you love your bears. I don't know. We got to go with the Shipwreck Dowser. The upside on that card is insane. So we're starting on a Sanctum of Calm Waters, going into a Shipwreck Dowser. Pack three, Heroic Intervention is still in the pack. Mistral Singer is the best blue card uh, in the pack. In fact, it's the only blue card in the pack. Uh, we also have a Falconer Adept, which can be quite strong in the Skies deck. I'm not necessarily sold on the Shrines yet, but we can end up with like one or two extra Shrines, and it's pretty okay. There's a Hunter's Edge which is, you know, active removal, and I do like that, and works well with the Shipwreck Dowser. I'm almost inclined to go with the removal spell here, as opposed to the Flyer, but yeah, let's go with the Hunter's Edge and go from there, going into green-blue. Pick four, pack one. All right, now here's where things get very interesting. So there is a couple of good cards in green, Aquarian Dryad, Landwar Visionary, Standout. We got the Roaming Ghostlight on 5, which is a card that I absolutely adore. However, we see what is arguably one of the best commons, if not best non-rare in the set, Scorching Dragonfire. And I'd, I'd be quite remiss not to take it. Blue-Red is fantastic. I love me some Roaming Ghostlight, but we already have a lot of high things, and early interaction is really important uh, for pretty much any archetype. So despite not taking some other green cards, Scorching Dragonfire, get on the team. Going into pick five, pack one. If we want to stay on the blue-red side of the world, we have Library Larcenist. Capture Sphere is a pretty okay removal spell. In red, we do have Spellgorger Weird. And boy, oh boy, that card has some gas to it. So now is the question of, do we want to cement ourselves into more red by taking a Spellgorger Weird, or do we want to stay blue with a Capture Sphere? I'm inclined to go with a Spell Gorger Weird. 
It's a great win con and gives us some good board presence, and that's something that these decks can lack, and this guy has some big upside. Into pick six, pack one. What's interesting about this is there's still a handful of good green cards and a handful of pretty decent red-blue cards, so I think we're pretty close to our lane. And feeling good about what's going on here, uh, we have a Lofty Denial, a Turret Ogre, which that guy has impressed me, but more in the green-red deck than in the blue-red spells deck. In fact, I'm going to go with the Lofty Denial. Shouldn't be too unreasonable to find a few more flyers and make this card really uh, really have its full counter 4 value. And having a, a 2 mana pay 1, I think it's pretty good. Sticking on the blue-red team going into pick 7, uh, this is a pretty easy, I'd say, Teferi's Protégé. It's the 2-3 for 3 that draws a card and discards a card. Uh, fits nicely into the slot, can help us get some good card selection, and it's not too unreasonable to find ourselves in a world where we might be, you know, getting a few of the draw advantages off of green, maybe try to pick up a few of the tap lands and try to get things through. So we're going to go with the Teferi's Protégé here. As we're going into the... 8th pick of the draft, uh, big, big amount of love for a couple people for putting this together. First off, as I said before, the boys at Let's Draft, uh, they've been organizing this consistently now for about four weeks, and it has been a lot of fun, a lot of good times, but this is a very important draft, uh, and I'll tell you in just a second here, but now we're on pick 8. Uh, this one, we still have a, a Vidalian Arcanist, and that is a card that's actually pretty good in this type of archetype so i'm inclined to go with that the other pick is a windscarred craig and i don't know i feel like maybe that windscarred craig has some gas in fact I'm, i am going to go with the lands and that's an interesting pick and is defensible either way if we're splashing around for some other shrines potentially or some other removal spells that'll come in handy down the pipeline uh pick nine in the colors there's not much to be had there's a rambunctious rambunctious mutt uh, at five, but I don't really want to go into the white, but there's a crash through. It's a good role player if we can end up with a few more sorceries or instants to make the whole deck hum. Works well with Spellgorger weird, cantrips, you know, it's pretty easy crash through. Now, throughout the last week here, Jeff on Let's Draft, uh, if you haven't listened to their podcast, My Lucky Lounge Rats, go and check them out. He has been really, really promoting just how great his last draft was, and he did take home the W, don't get me wrong. However, this is the time for us, new format, to just put him on the humble train a little bit. It's important. Pick 10, pack 1, we see a Rousing Reed, and this is one of the best blue cards for common overall. May not be great in the blue-red deck, but hey, I'll take it. it might, it'll end up making the, the pack, and I'll be happy with it. 11, we're going to secure the scene. The five-costing white removal spell. Hopefully it won't end up making the final build, but it's there. So, this is our chance to put Jeff on call. My man, I appreciate your confidence. You've been dunking on people all week long, but now it's time for us to get us into reality training. To put you in a universe where the humbleness is there. And I appreciate how much you're dunking on people. But my unlucky lounge rat crew, we're coming for you. <laughs> Yeah, Borok, so far this format has been okay. I mean, it's fine. I'm not uh, too overly in it or, or against it. It's just, it is what it is. Uh, 
after going and having this massive, massive uh, synergy set of Ikoria and now going to this, it's a little bit like a pump the brakes and have a little bit of uh, hair of the dog trying to get, let's say, less drunk on power that the last set was. Pick one in pack two, we've opened up a couple interesting options. First off, uh, we have its Sanctum, the Red Sanctum. Pitchburn Devils is good, Shock is good, Capture Sphere. But our pick, not close, is going to be Gadrick. It's the 5-4 Flyer for three. Uh, it can't attack unless you control four more artifacts. At the end step, you make a treasure for each creature that died this turn. This card is just great. <laughs> My record so far in all of M21 Borok? Well, we've been about 50-50. I've put in about six drafts prior to what we're drafting here. And it's been okay. The decks that have been very good have been very good. And the ones that have been poor have been very questionable. Now, I have also taken the opportunity to try and push a few archetypes. I started off on a, a pick one shrine like I did before. And the deck didn't end up there because I went with the green shrine. And tried to find any other shrines to kind of splash off of it. And I thought, you know what? We can pick up maybe the blue or the black shrine and really go to town with it. Sadly, it just it just didn't get there as much as I'd hoped. Going into pick two of pack two, we see uh, the following options in our blue-red maybe splashing either green or white. Uh, a see the truth is the rare. It's just a bad anticipate. I'm not that into it. There's a cancel. There's a goblin wizardry, which works out well. But there's also a swift response. Now, we already picked up a Windscarred Craig. So we can maybe start to go into colors a little bit. We're not the best at splashing until we can pick up maybe another couple pieces of the the tapped lands that'll really make this whole archetype hum. We're kind of glutted at threes, which seems to be happening a lot in this format. Finding things to interact on one and two, those things are just high priority. Unfortunately, the swift response, though it is a two-costing spell, is not something you really cast on two, and it's also in our splash color, but... You'd be hard-pressed to find a better piece of removal, so I'm going to go with the Swift Response. Maybe it doesn't work out. So, starting on the Green Shrine is something that I conclude is not a thing that we would want to do. The Green Shrine is just okay at, at best. Going into Pick 3, Pack 2, we've got another Spell Gorger Weird. A Tide Skimmer, which I don't really think is the kind of deck that we are. Then at the top of the pile, there's Kinetic Augur, which is a great card for this archetype, and there's also a roaming ghost light. Now at this point, we don't have much above four except for the shipwreck dowser, and roaming ghost light can really just bring you back from the brink of just being out-tempoed in the game. So we're gonna go with a roaming ghost light here. Hopefully the kinetic auger might table. I've seen this card go around, and it's not a card from what I've experienced thus far. I tried to take it in a black-red deck that didn't work out the way I wanted to, I'm trying to get sack synergies and get those things going without having some of the best removal spells, which are Grasp of Darkness and Scorching Dragonfire. Without those pieces, to me, that deck just, it it's very tough to put together. And in general, unless you're really establishing a strong board, you need to have your great removal spells to make your decks work, basically at all. So, taking the Roman Ghost Lights, great. Going into... Pick four, pack two. We are seeing nothing but Selesnya. That is not inspiring to see. There's a wall of runes, which is the only thing in our color. What is going to save this 
pack, though, is the fact that there is a Tranquil Cove. It is the blue-white tap land, the gain land. So I'm very, very grateful that we saw this, but I'm really getting a bit leery. And this is where I might go back and just take a look at what I have thus far. Unfortunately, because I started off with taking a Shipwreck Dowser, I'm really cementing myself into blue. I could maybe think about splashing red and maybe trying to go into blue-white. That might still be an option available to me, trying to keep myself as open to things that might come my way. But right now, not looking great after that last pack. Maybe it was just an anomaly of a pack. Going into pick five, pack two, we're seeing a lot of not blue and red. There's an Igneous card. There's been a lot of them. It's the one, two for two that can pump itself for one red. Uh, but there is a frantic inventory that we're going to take. If we end up getting one or two more frantic inventories, that's exactly where we want to be. Pick six, pack two. The only things really in our color is either the Lofty Denial, which we have one of, and I don't know, we don't have that many flyers, so I'm not sold on that card being amazing. There's also a Spine Megalodon, the 5-7 with Hexproof for seven. I'm going to go with the creature if only it's a way to close out the game and if our opponents just have a lot of removal spells it blinks them pick seven pack two well things are now getting interesting friends we have a teferi's tutelage in this pack now teferi's tutelage to me works best in the blue green build because there's a lot of incidental green draw but i don't know I did pick up a Frantic Inventory, and there's a Rousing Reed. The other options are Tide Skimmer, Opt. I think Teferi's Tutelage has the best upside. And being quite late, can be a signal. It might be a signal. Not sure. Pick 8, Pack 2. There's a Prismite, and in all honesty, we need some 2-drops that can actually create a board presence, and I think we might actually take it to play it. And it does work well with some of what we're trying to splash around. There's another Rousing Reed, but we have one. And I probably don't want to double up on that effect. Again, that card is probably better in green-blue. But a Prismite is not something that I'm sad to see. We can see another Vidalion Arcanist. That'd be pretty good for this blue-red deck we're trying to put together. So Unlucky Lounge Rats, the deck is okay. What's nice is we do have a Sanctum of Calm Waters. And we just tabled a Sanctum of Shattered Heights. Uh, that is the red one. And this is a good time to take it. There's a Pitchburn Devils, there's Epitaph Golem, which is the 3-5 five for 5, just 5 colorless, and you put a card from your graveyard on the bottom of your library, but the Sanctum of Shattered Heights, that's got some real upside. Maybe this could do well, I'm going to take it. I can see myself not playing either of the shrines that we have, but if we can end up with a white shrine, that would be okay. I would be pretty okay with that. All my listeners, it looks like not much is left here in pack two. Lots of filler, but nothing that I'm really hoping makes the main deck. So with that in mind, let's go ahead and move on to our final pack of this draft. Pick one, pack three. This pack does not hold a lot of the uncommon slot. There's an obsessive stitcher. There's a demonic embrace. Man, that card is some gas. Fierce empath, which has not impressed me all that much in the format thus far, because you really do need to have a suite of six drops, and then at that point you're really glutting your deck with six drops. So having like a Colossal Dreadmaw, maybe a couple other cards that have some utility to it. But I think the card we're going to end up going with is a Roaming Ghostlight. It's our second one. It works well with our Lofty Denial, and it just really helps us get back our tempo. And right now our win cons are either to go up in the air, 
Swamp them with card advantage and removal spells, which is something we're actively looking for here in pack three. If we could pick up another Scorching Dragonfire, Capture Sphere too, that would be really, really helpful. And then also we could backdoor into Teferi's Tutelage to pick up a win or two. Pick two, pack three. All right. Unlucky Lounge Rats, this is where things get quite interesting. Shacklegeist is the rare in the pack. It's a 2-2 flyer for two. Uh, you can tap spirits to tap creatures you don't control. Riddle form is really good. There's a frantic inventory, and there's a turn to slag, and there's a shock. If just some of these cards were spaced out among some of the other packs, god, that'd be great. So we can't take the frantic inventory. Hopefully we can table it. I'm going to probably have to go with Shacklegeist. It's early interaction. It's got the flying. It's going to make the lofty denial a little bit better. Right now, Jeff is dunking on everyone, saying the bot is passing to him bombs. Oof. The shade is being thrown. Just for that, I gotta, I gotta take the Shacklegeist. I can see tabling a Riddle Form, Frantic Inventory, a Turnus Lag. There's a number of these cards that just really go well, but a 2-2 Flyer, that early interaction, that early board presence, I'm in for. Ugh, this feels like one of those picks that I'm gonna go back at my draft later and really question myself at. Here in Pick 3, Pack 3, Three cards really stick out. There's a Chandra's Magmut, the 2-2 that deals damage to a creature or planeswalker as a tap ability. There is the Temple of Epiphany, the blue-red Scryland, or Tolarian Kraken. This thing is explosive. It's a 4-6 for 6. Whenever you draw a card, you can pay one colorless mana to tap or untap target creature. But, I don't know, we just picked up the Shacklegeist on 2 before, and in all honesty, that creature doesn't block things that don't have flying, so I think I have to go with the early two-drop that establishes a board presence, the Magmut. There is a universe where maybe I table the Temple, cross fingers. I'll tell you what, though, Unlucky Lounge Rats, I really want to take that Kraken, but no, I, I, I gotta take the Magmut. It's just, it's too good, and it's really what we need right now. Pick four in pack three. There's a lot of red showing here, so I think we're gonna get paid off in this pack, which is nice. But what we're going to end up doing is probably taking our third Roaming Ghost Light. I mean, the red cards that are here are like a Hobble Fiend and a Goblin Arsonist. I just really like seeing this red signal. We might get strongly paid off in pack three, but I mean, if we got two Roaming Ghost Lights, you got to get its third friend in there, right? <laughs> oh man, here we go. Lots of five drops. This is a recipe for disaster. <laughs> You know what, you might be right, Borok, having all those five drops, including the Shipwreck Dowser, it just might be a glut above four mana, and even though it recovers a lot of tempo, well, we just have to go with it. It's board interaction, and we just haven't seen a lot of pieces of removal in the right slots. Like, maybe I was supposed to take that shock earlier, but we'll, we'll cross our fingers. We're going to cross our fingers here. Hopefully we'll get some extra added removal spells in the rest of the pack and everything will work out just fine. Right? Right? Going to pick five, pack three. Library Larcenist, Keen, Glidemaster, but I got to take the second frantic inventory. If I can table that other one, then maybe, maybe, maybe we can just really get the control deck going and get the draw uh, effects. Maybe we can table that Tolarian Kraken. God, that'd be sweet. And pick six, pack three, we get paid off. Experimental Overlord. Was it just me or did I just sound Australian to you out there, my unlucky lounge rats? 
The Experimental Overload is a card that brings back the Instant or Sorcery and makes the Weird Token just perfect for our deck. Pick 7. There's another See the Truth. Just not a card I want to take. There is a second Sanctum of Calm Waters. Taking the second of the same color shrine is always a curious one for me. There's a Spine Megalodon. Ah, boy, oh boy. I guess we just probably take the uh, See the Truth. Nah, uh, nah, I'll take the second Sanctum. We'll see. Maybe having more than one, it's good with the Red Shrine to discard at least. And helps get that draw synergy consistent. Well, after taking the second blue shrine, we now see the second red shrine. So I could take it, have all four shrines, have the consistency of getting those shrines together, and then those red shrines allow me to discard my extra shrines. So we turn things into shocks. That seems pretty good to me, and considering that we're trying to get a lot of card draw. If we can table this other frantic inventory, this might pay off. So we'll take the, the second of our red shrine and see where it goes. Pick nine. We don't table anything that's good for us, but there is a drowsing Tyranodon in this pack. Wow, that's a late 3-3 three, three for two. This card is overperformed just from my sights. It's just very, very good. It's impressed me significantly, and I anticipate playing a lot of those in this format whenever you're in basically any green base deck. You don't even have to be in a four power base deck because it's not that hard to get an extra power. Well, talking through the rest of pack three, and wow, well, we did actually table the Temple of Epiphany, the blue-red scry land. This now brings our total amount of tap lands to three, two game lands, one being a red-blue and one being a white-blue, and we also have the Windscar Crank. Actually, that's three. Plus, we also have a Temple of Epiphany. Our mana actually looks pretty good, and I can reasonably splash this swift response. And being a two-costing removal spell, eh, not, not bad, not bad. We'll have to put it all together before I see whether or not I actually want to have that splash color, but it feels relatively free to me. I'll take this Defiant Strike. So, the only thing, when looking back at the entire draft, seeing those three roaming ghost lights, I love the card, but maybe I would prefer to have that shock over the ghost light that we took early in pack three. It's kind of high in sight, but the fact that we do have a couple spell synergy things and we want to kind of get them going before turn four, perhaps I was supposed to do that. Well, my unlucky lounge rats, I'm going to take a second to finagle this deck, make some final cuts, and when we get back from the commercial break, I'll let you know what the deck looks like. So get a snack, get a drink, and I'll see you on the flippity flip. Hashtag Michael Scott forever. Simplify your federal agency's technology procurement with Connection Public Sector Solutions. Connection's dedicated account managers, commitment to exceptional customer service, and extensive catalog of federal contracts make IT purchases quick, easy, and affordable. Turn your challenges into opportunities and get rid of your technology pain points with Connection today. Learn more about what's possible with Connection Public Sector Solutions at connection.com fedcontracts. All right, my unlucky lounge rats, welcome back to our draft here with Let's Draft. And let's go and break down the blue-red draw spells deck that we put together at the end of this. So our win cons are between Teferi's Tutelage, drawing 
a massive amount of cards, a few bits of flying, and our Sanctum package. We did end up playing all four Sanctums, which is two of the blue one and two of the red one. The fact that we have a fair amount of looting and the red Sanctum allows us to discard our extra Sanctums and turn them into shocks, I think that is value worth having. Plus we have a fair amount of incidental card draw that should get us the value that we need to find those extra cards. Now granted, we don't have say like a Reign of Revelation, but we do have enough looting and our two frantic inventories that I think is going to help us get there. And if we can ever get Sanctum of Calm Waters with the Sanctum of Shattered Heights on the battlefield, I think that's going to generate what we need to get over the hump into the card advantage and pull it all together. The final cuts of the deck were a little bit more interesting than I initially thought. I ended up cutting a few of the... I could see myself actually going back on this one. So I did cut a See the Truth, which is a fair, you know, card selective, but it is just a one for one and it's sorcery speed. I, I didn't even like necessarily playing Anticipate in Ikoria, and though they're different formats, I just don't think See the Truth is that good. We did cut the Rousing Reed. The reason for that is we just don't have that many creatures. We have 11 creatures in the deck, not including the Experimental Overload. And it is quite vulnerable to any amount of removal spells, so I kind of passed on that. We're still splashing for our Swift Response, the one and a white destroy target tapped creature. That card has performed very well for me so far, and I, I'm willing to splash it considering that I have a lot of card draw, and I have our two tap lands that produce white plus another scry land. I think we're good in our colors enough to play what I estimate to be quite a good removal spell. Which brings our total removal spell package to three for cards that I think just ubiquitously destroy things. Turn to Slag, Scorching Dragonfire does it, and the Lofty, sorry, the uh, Swift Response does it too. Lofty Nihil's Counterspell is going to be a good role player for us. Plus we have the Triple Roaming Ghostlight, which should help us get to the end game, and I did end up playing the Spine Megalodon. I played it over the Wishcoin Crab. Crab being an important card, I think, in decks like this, but I want that little extra final bit of power to push us through to the end. Plus, it's a shark, and the shark, to me, is sending a message, because you see my unlucky lounge rats. In round number one, I'm playing Jeff, the guy we talked about before who's been dunking on the whole field, has just been bragging about his massive win last week in their third community draft. And I'm sending the message because, you see, in draft two, I got him real good with Shark Typhoon. But the thing is, he focused just on the Shark Typhoon. The rest of my deck was actually gas as well. And I'm putting that Shark in, if only to send a message, to show him that I don't need to have a Shark Typhoon. But I am going to remind you of those good memories when I dunked on him back in the second community draft. So my unlucky lounge rats, for now I'm going to put together the mana base and then I'm going to go see him in game number one of this draft. It's best of one. Oh, and side note too, being that this is a best of one situation, it's another reason for me to play the 17 lands. I have enough card filtering between the two Teferi's uh, protégés and the double sanctums that I think having that extra land is going to be fine especially because I can discard it and I do have a lot of five drops. I know the numbers are there for 16 lands and having an opening hand is good but I, I think that having those 17 it's key. 
Well, my Lucky Lounge Rats, that is our quick deck tech, and of course, the draft coverage of our blue-red M21 deck. Hopefully, this is going to bring us a W, especially because we're playing against Jeff. The guy's been dunking on everyone. I'm not just playing for my own record. I'm playing for all of you out there. The Unlucky Lounge Rats. I'm playing for the listeners of Let's Draft Borok. I'm playing for you. All right, my Unlucky Lounge Rats. We are now in game number one. We kept a hand of seven. Had Scorching Dragonfire, Chandra's Magmut, uh, Gadric, uh, three lands, Spine Megalodon, looking good. Uh, pretty normal game thus far going to turn two with a 2-2. Two -two. And we're just going to attack him for two. And then we'll put out Gadric, and suddenly it makes this Lofty Denial in our hand. Pretty good removal spell. Feeling good about how life is looking right now. We did draw Sanctum of Shattered Heights, so hopefully that's going to pay off. Alright, so, so far Jeff has played three-fourths past the turn. We're just going to keep rolling at him, hopefully getting enough damage out there. I think I'm just going to roll out the Sanctum now. We could keep up the mana for Lofty Denial, but considering that I've got three permanents on my board and he's actually not cast anything yet, I feel okay getting the Shrine down, taking the turn off. We've established some early damage, and having the Shrine should get us into a strong board presence position. On his turn four, he played a Sabertooth Mauler. I like the card, but I also love the fact that it is a good target for Scorching Dragonfire, so we will just main phase that and continue to swing on through, getting early chip damage in. Fortunately, the Gadric will not trigger, but you know, there are worse things in the world. <laughs> yeah, Borak, right now we've got three permanents, he's got none. Looking pretty good, plus we're about to counter the second Sabertooth Mauler with our Lofty Denial, which is pretty good gas. I'm in the driver's seat right now. I've got five lands, got Frantic Inventory in hand, and Spine Megalodon in hand. And they're just, and Jeff's just eating a lot of damage. He's at 12. With the Sanctum on the board, plus the Chandra's Magmut, we're eventually, I think, gonna get the kind of damage we need to put through to the end of the game, even if we don't do much after that. We also just passed with five lands open, which is just really, really scary, I'd say, for his side of things. Yeah, Snare Spinner is good. Our f Gadric is just never going to be online. Cast Frantic Inventory. He did say in the chat that he got this big bomb. The bot passed him a big bomb. I think I mentioned it before. Which, to me, is like kind of a, a funny fact to this whole equation that like oh just like totally said this to us and now I know it it's like being at a table of magic it, like feels kind of good uh, we drew experimental overload which is a real real gas card as this resolves I'll probably just get the lofty denial just counter whatever he plays and uh, I'm not gonna swing into the one three so just pass the turn he's at 12 Chandra's magma is active I've got lofty denial to counter whatever he's gonna play Looking good on Lucky Lounge Rats. Looking like we're in the driver's seat. Yeah, I don't know what the bomb would be. Maybe it's a Garrick. That'd be a pretty good one. Maybe it's a Liliana. I can't imagine much of what he could potentially get here. He has to get through my first Lofty Dial. Okay, there's a Grasp of Darkness. Targeting the Gadric. I think I'm going to let that resolve. 
Yeah, it, Gadric is just not going to turn on ever. So that's fine. Plus, we're going to win through the Sanctum plus the Spine Megalodon. And we're going to counter his first spell. Yeah, he gets to resolve a Twin Blade Assassins, which is nice. I can't counter it since we lost our Flyer. So maybe it was right to keep the Gadric. But I'm still in the driver's seat, I feel. Fast attackers, it's fine. Activate the Chandra's Magmut. Target you. And then we get to draw a turn to slag and turn to slag the Twin Blade Assassins. Alright. I'm in for that. I'm in for that. Then we get to swing for three. Our inevitable damage engine is starting to roll here. Looks like he's gonna village right the Twin Blade Assassins that we tried to kill with the turn to slag. Okay. Touche, 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 but I still feel pretty good about the damage tempo that we've established. Even if this Lofty Denial doesn't do anything in this game, at least we're going to be able to probably discard it when we draw our Blue Shrine or something like that. Yeah, the worst thing that could happen right now, Borak, would be if he plays, say, the 4-3 lifelink. So he plays a Crypt Lurker, which is pretty good here. It stops my attacks. I guess the question that I would have is, does he have a reanimation package? Well, he didn't discard like a Gloom Sower. He discarded Walking Corpse, so maybe he's digging a little bit. Played a Portcull is fine. Yeah, that Portcull is fine. It's not going to do anything for you. He's going to draw your card, try to get into more gas, but... I've got a clock on him. We're hoping that clock is going to pay off the game. Man, I'm just a really big fan of this Chandra's Magmut. So we drew the seventh land, which means we are going to be able to play the Spine Megalodon. Not a card I would personally recommend playing more than one of out there, and not all decks can really support it. But the fact that I have a lot of card draw and can get some tempo swings, it's good. So we'll go ahead and cast that. Yeah, Borok, so the removal is an interesting double narrative here. One is that you desperately need to have your early defensive speed, while the removal itself is just not very good. The ubiquitous black removal spell, Finishing Blow, costs 5, just destroys a creature or Planeswalker. I, it's fine, I'll play it, but it's just not that good. And this Hexproof just seems to be paying off right now, because even if he draws something like that, it's not an answer, and we still get to continue to Chandra's Magmut him. The things I have to be concerned with right now would be Gourmand, the, the big flyer that sacks a creature, has a sack creature, like that could do something with the Spine Megalodon. Or a Pump Spell. Pump Spell would be pretty good. We just drew a Swift Response without a white mana. Oh, buddy. So if I attack with the Spine Megalodon, he has to block with everything and I only get to destroy one creature that seems pretty bad the scry is not worth it so we are just going to pass the turn and we've got him on a on a six turn clock and any lands that we draw just makes it better okay so we drew he has a masked blackguard the two one that has flash that pumps plus one plus one if you pay three not a big fan of this card but it is kind of funny with Sanctum of Shattered Heights. Alright, so Pride Malkin comes down. Sure. It's going to get a counter on something. Probably 
one of the Crypt Lurkers, maybe the Mass Blackguard if he's trying to go a, like on the top of it. Yeah, he's he's going to a plan where he's going to try and just pump the Mass Guard, the Blackguard. I just don't think there's enough, like, there's just not enough mana to make this guy really efficient, if you ask me. Okay, so we drew our second Sanctum of Shattered Heights. This is kind of like one of those situations that we talk about. At least it is going to do an extra point of damage to him. So we're just going to hold on to it. And then eventually get him with it. That's the hope. Oh, it does it to a creature. Yeah, good point, Borok. It's a creature or Planeswalker. It's not player. So just to get a good update right now, he's got a Mass Blackguard, Pride Malkin, Crypt Lurker. I've got the Megalodon and the Magmut and... It's really just been playing permanence and passing the turn. Clearly he's trying to draw something, and the Magmud is keeping a nice clock on him. So let's see, what do we draw now? Ooh, and we drew the blue shrine, which is going to make this other shrine in our hand turn into a pseudo-shock. But uh, I did miss a Magmud trigger, and I gotta tell you, this format really rewards tight play. So hopefully that won't cost us the game. It might just be that savage. We'll, we'll see. The fact that we'll be drawing two cards now a turn is going to be quite beneficial. I think we're probably in the driver's seat from here. See what happens. But we definitely need to start remembering our trigger with the Chandra's Magmut. Magmut? Magmut. Fettered Imp. Eh, that card's not going to do much for you. And, uh... Nah, we'll just hold this other Sanctum. Just go to my turn. Get our Sanctum of Calm Waters. Ooh, we drew the blue-white land. Yes, I would love to take the action of drawing, too. We will discard this Lofty Denial. The card isn't going to do anything for the rest of the game. We'll play the blue-white gain land, and then play this Teferi's Protégé that we drew off the Sanctum, because card draw is the best mechanic in the game and lets us draw more cards. And so our hand looks like this. It's a mountain, it's a shrine, and it is a swift response. Yeah, we don't need to do much except pass the turn and get him eventually with the Chandra's Magmut. Oh, we just got the good game. Played a Liliana Stewart, yeah. It is pretty much all done but the explosion of Fibblethip. Jeff's iconic avatar. I think we may have just brought home the victory here for all of my unlucky Laundrats. Take our turn. Do our draw too, get the good game. All right, so the first game with our blue-red spells deck, the shrines turned out pretty good and eventually just drawing and taking all the time in the world so we drew the blue shrine, uh, paid off in the end. So first one is in the book and will be considered a W in the Monoscrew Manor event hall. Taking down Jeff from Let's Draft. Jeff, if you're listening to this, thanks for playing. Sorry you didn't have a play till turn four. That can be a real killer. Well, my unlucky lounge rats, we're skipping ahead in time just a little bit. There were six people at this draft, two of which were filled in with bots on the Heroku app. It's a wonderful digital resourcing tool to simulate the IRL experience of human drafts. You can even chat and send messages to people, kind of like how people table talk during drafts. It can be fun to see how people react, just like Jeff said he had this big, massive, mega rare. Didn't see it, unfortunately. But we had one more game that we played out. 
And the game was against uh, another wonderful player that has been in these community drafts now for a few weeks. And he played a black-red, hyper-aggressive build. But more importantly, that demonic brace that we opened up in pack 3 came back to bite us in the butt. He played it on a kite sail freebooter and took away our swift response, a really great removal spell that was going to help us get through some of the early interaction. But... It came down, it removed that one removal spot from our hand, and we didn't find another piece of removal to try and recover until turn 5 when we drew a turn to slag, but unfortunately the demonic embrace just took down our life total and we lost the game just around turn 6. It goes to show you the power of that enchantment. It is 100% one of the top rares in all of Core 2021, so if you open it up, take it. It's really good it turns every single one of your creatures into a flying threat but let's take a moment to zoom out and evaluate the deck as a whole now when we did the quick deck tech earlier the one thing that truly stood out was the lack of low mana costing interaction we had that singular scorching dragon fire and the swift response with a relatively decent mana base to go into a third color. I like trying to stay into one color and then drafting the hard way, taking your best cards in pack one, and eventually finding a route, and maybe you can end up playing a light splash of a third one for good removal. I'm pretty okay with that. But high insight, that shock was really something I should have taken. I don't know what it is about this format but just needing that early interaction i think that shock in certain matchups and maybe in general might just be better than roaming ghost light being able to interact with your opponent's small creatures is key and though roaming ghost light is very good like when your opponent's trying to play six drops or five drops it devastates their tempo but there does seem to be a strong presence of red white black red even green white counter decks and being able to interact with those things in the early is going to be a pivotal point if you're drafting any kind of control strategy and especially with the blue red deck when you're trying to get these spells matter payoffs like spell gorger weird or experimental frenzy you want to get spells in your graveyard early remove your opponent's early stuff and then eventually having things like sanctum reign of revelation multiple frantic inventories you're just going to drown your opponent in card advantage and i think that's where i'm going to leave this deck off for now if you're going blue red spells Take your removal spells first. Take your board interaction. Take your Scorching Dragon fires, your shocks. If you get some Soul Seers, wonderful. But you want to get as many spells into your graveyard. So prioritize those low-costing instants and sorceries. Well, all my lucky lounge rats, that's going to do us for another live episode of Draft and Draft. Find us on Twitter at Draft and Draft Corey, Instagram Corey Demone Enriquez, or of course on our Patreon. And once more, a big shout out to the boys at Let's Draft. Well, I don't know about all of you, but after Draft, I could certainly use an untapped step, a celebration. Borak and I are going to go and grab a little bit of Zen, and I hope that all of you out there do the same as well, be it drafting at your local game store, playing on Magic Arena or Magic Online, go out there and make some magical memories of your own. 
Thanks for joining me, and we'll see you all real soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.